In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. The former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, once said that the identity of the baptized is not first and foremost a matter of some exclusive relationship to God that keeps us safe, as opposed to the rest of the vulnerable and unlucky world. It is at one and the same time living in both the neighborhood of the Father and the neighborhood of darkness. That is why we speak of being baptized into the death and resurrection of Christ. When I was a teenager, I was a non-denominational evangelical. Any of you? Yeah? Okay, good. That church told me that being a Christian meant that I was to live separate from secular society. Christianity was about being above reproach and not allowing the darkness of the world to tempt us. We were asked to listen to only Christian music. Jars of Clay, anyone? Yeah? Great brand. See only family movies and to dress in a way that didn't draw attention. Essentially, we were to live only in the neighborhood of the light. Likewise, I've worked with children for almost 15 years now. And each year, it seems children are being shielded more and more from the darkness of the world. I had a parent scold me the other day because I told her first grader that I wouldn't be in class because I had to attend a funeral. Apparently, she didn't want her daughter to know about funerals. I myself had feelings of guilt because I took my one-year-old son with me when I put my childhood dog to sleep. I'm not really a person who cries. I don't, I don't know why. I'm just not a teary person. Maybe I need therapy. I don't know. <laughs> but, but I don't cry. And so I'm in there with my dog, and I'm petting his fur. And the vet says, he's gone. And I lost it. Like, you know, the heave kind of crying, <clears throat> like not pretty cry. That's what I was doing. And my son was shocked. And he did not like it. And he began to cry and reach for me. And I couldn't comfort him because I was like so involved with my dog, right? And I literally had the thought, I just ruined his life. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, really, I thought that. I'm like, here he is reaching for his mother who doesn't reach back for him. And that's like a soul scar he'll just carry forever. <laughs> Luckily... I have an amazing husband, who's a therapist. <laughs> and he told me, he reminded me, that our son is a human being, and human beings will experience sadness. And isn't it great that he learned that he could be sad and that he could be comforted? Because my brother took him and made him laugh again. <laughs> I wonder. How many other times fear kept me from living both in the neighborhood of the light and the neighborhood of the darkness? I wonder how much I've missed because I refuse to ground myself in a world that is unsafe. Fear probably has kept me from being truly great, the great that was given to me at birth by my creator the great that all of us were born with, the purpose for which we were made. 
I think many of us will carry our greatness to our grave. Because becoming who God created us to be requires risk, courage, and faith. It requires us to feel safe enough to live in the neighborhood of the darkness because we trust that darkness does not have the final word. In today's gospel, John the Baptist appears in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance. It says he was clothed with camel's hair and ate wild locusts. It says he baptized people in the River Jordan. It says they confess their sins. It says John was wildly and directly proclaiming, he is coming. John, it seems, needed to wake people up. He was so panicked by the coming of Christ that he was literally shouting at people and dunking them in a cold river. It makes me wonder if the people of that time were having some of the same issues that we are having now. Were they getting too comfortable? Had they forgotten that there is a God and a God that created them with purpose? Were they so afraid of the darkness of the world that they refused to see it at all? The answer must have been yes, because John was terrified that the Messiah was about to arrive and the people were going to miss him. John knew that the Messiah would be found in the dark places of the world. And if people refused to go into that place, they would never meet God face to face. It's why John was so urgent with his message. It's why he was so panicked. John was so hell-bent on getting everyone prepared because he knew that Jesus couldn't just come into the world and play a harp and sing kumbaya and we'd all just suddenly know we were loved and had purpose. I don't know why that couldn't happen, but he knew it couldn't, right? John had alarm, and his alarm suggests that some self-awareness is required for awareness of God. John knew that preparation was required before Jesus was born. John knew that Jesus was about to come into the world and we might miss him. Today's gospel suggests that John knew someplace deep in his soul that all of it was going to end on a cross. And if people weren't used to standing in both the light of the world and the chaos of the world, they wouldn't ever witness God in flesh form. So repent, he says. He's not just talking about confessing our sins, letting God know that we cheated or we lied or we hurt someone. Repent in today's gospel means becoming new. Repentance is about waking up and not being comfortable. It's about looking deeply at our lives. Ask yourself today, why are you here? What brought you to this moment? 
Are you invading your own greatness because you're too afraid to answer your call? Is your life the adventure that you always imagined it would be? Or is your life just happening to you? If I were to answer those questions when I was 22 and in treatment for bulimia, I would have been pretty disappointed with myself. Life was just happening to me. I was not great. Quite frankly, I'm not sure you could have counted me as one of the living. Nonetheless, at a time in my life when perfection meant everything to me, I came across Toni Morrison's commencement speech to Wellesley College's graduating class, and I found it so inspiring that I printed it out and I look at it from time to time when I need to remember that hard means I'm alive, that easy doesn't mean good, and that something real is far greater than something false pretending to be perfection. Here's my favorite quote from the speech. If this is the best time of your life, you have my condolences. <laughs> because there is nothing, believe me, more satisfying, more gratifying than true adulthood. The adulthood that is the span of life before you. The process of one is not inevitable. Its achievement is a difficult beauty, an intensely hard-won glory, which commercial forces and cultural vapidity should not be permitted to deprive you of. Yes, from my viewpoint, adults are endangered species. And the effect of this dying out species is that our children are being formed by empty, shallow people. Our children are holding up role models who do not possess any truth about the world. Children are watching from the sidelines as they are being taught that our society values money, beauty, entertainment, being thin, and power. They are being shielded from anything that is real. I wonder what message the children of Israel were receiving at the time that John the Baptist showed up proclaiming a baptism of repentance. The adults of that generation needed to wake up. They needed to be shown that hard is where life happens, and it's worth it to step into those waters and risk fulfilling their purpose. It was worth it to let go of every comfort they knew so that they could chase after something real. So that when Jesus interrupted John the Baptist that day at the river, they all held their breath for a moment because they knew that God was in the room. We are in the season of Advent, and it is time for us to wake up. It is time for us to look at our lives and ask ourselves if we are the people that God created us to be. It is time for us to know our strength and therefore step away from fear, the fear that holds us back. During the season of Advent, it is necessary that we are resilient. It is necessary that we understand our own power, the power that was given to us at our baptism. Because we too, at this moment, 
have been invited to take part in the greatest story ever told. We have been baptized, and as the baptized, we are the people who are capable of living in both the chaos of the world and the light of the Holy Spirit. Because at our baptism, we receive the power of the Spirit, and we are equipped to conquer the darkness of the world with the shield of God's love and grace. Have we forgotten that? Do we remember that being children of God means something? Do our lives reflect that truth, or is our life a shell of what it could be, of what it's purposed to be? This Advent, we must repent. We must answer these questions, and if we are not satisfied with the answers, we must be still and remember who we are. In the stillness, we are to listen, to hear the voice of God that is whispering to us and see that we are not alone, that we are in community with the whole of creation and with the awareness of that communal bond. We are to prepare the way of Christ. We are to conquer the darkness, restore faith to a faithless people, and bring Christ back to earth because we now are John the Baptist.